Hey, before we start, we were hoping you could take a few seconds to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us that so many of you are listening, and we hope you continue to support us by leaving us a little bit of feedback. Cheers. Gonna have six on the beach. The beach of Kimbleberry. Six on the beach. The beach of Kimble... Hello? Hey, Peter, it's Connor. Oh, Connor. Hello to you. How are you? I'm in a great mood. I'm in a, a like a sexy a six on the beach mood. <laughs> okay, well, that's. Good. I've never actually had sex, beach or otherwise, but still in a good mood. Just sort of fantasizing about it. Like we we all have our fantasies. Um. So that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. I'll chat. To you. Can I call you back later in the show? I, this may this might seem a bit unclear at the minute, but I have a way of taking you off the bench and bringing you back into like a chords, but you're just going to have to go through a little form of therapy. I'll fill in any forms that you need me to fill in. Okay. I love that show. I saw the drawing that someone did of me. It's very uh, flattering. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad that people, you're resonating with people, but I think maybe we need to kind of get to, I need to get to know you better. Before you and I'll get on. to know you better. Yeah, but definitely, I I need to get to know you better and more. Then I'll get to know you even better. Um, right. Okay. I, I'm gonna know you the best. Okay. Right. So, are you, can you take a call from me later on? Of course, I'll have my phone on uh, vibrate. Okay. <laughs> right. Speak to you later. Bye. Welcome to Liquid Chords. Today's guests are alternative hip hop duo Tabby Rex. We chat about their formation, their upcoming project with Dubliners Whiskey. And at the end of the show, they give us an exclusive preview of their upcoming release. A really insightful and talented group. We were delighted to have them on Liquid Chords. Liquid So I'm here with Matt and Max from Tebby Rex. How are you guys? I'm good, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Um, so yeah, really been enjoying the music, guys. It's, it's great stuff. Uh, how did you meet? We met in a college talent show. We we're both very uh, society-friendly boys. Max was in Litton Deb. I was in Kulat Nguelga. And there was like a, you know, like a minute kind of inter-society talent show. And then we both just performed. Um, and then we kind of just met after that, after that, Max put a Facebook status saying he wanted to start a band and made music like N.E.R.D., Chance the Rapper, Kate Nash. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And that was it then. Uh, pretty much a Facebook status. Brilliant. And you weren't, you weren't aware of each other before that then? But we were friendly on campus. We had seen each other around a lot um, just because we were both drinking a lot. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, Matt was running for SU president at the time. And I found that wearing his T-shirt was a good way to get girls. So I kind of helped him campaign. <laughs> I didn't really know him. He was pretty much a stranger to me. Yeah, relatively, yeah, which yeah. is the funny thing. So we became like musicians first and then friends later, which is really cool. Okay, class. And uh, you mentioned NERD. And any other uh, shared influences, the things that you had in common? Um, for me, Chance the Rapper was a big one that I saw on the status because I had just gotten really, really deep into him in like 2014, 2015. And that was the person I kind of wanted to emulate in my music. I was like, I really liked the, the kind of poetry aspect of it. Um, Kate Nash is a big one for yeah, us as well. We love yeah. Kate Nash, which is kind of funny for a hip hop group. We love Gambino. We love a lot of similar people, actually. We have, I think, very like, like uh, 
similar taste. Mm. Yeah, Kate Nashad, that is an interesting one. She, um, lyrically, I was always really impressed with her. Like, just thought she was super underrated. Um, and yeah. like, yeah, it was just it was a weird sort of like relationship like people had with her. It was just like I don't know. I I think I just don't think she got the credit that she deserved. I don't know. I think she was so hurt by just like Lily Lily Allen being so good at, at the same time as her because oh, like yeah. let's say yeah. they do the exact same thing, but they're both in that kind of realm. And I obviously prefer Kate Nash, but Lily Allen is amazing, like a bigger name. Mm. And it is kind of tricky back in that time where like in music. Like now, you can everyone could do the same thing. There's so many different avenues for listening that it doesn't really matter. But back then, it's like if you and someone else is doing two similar things, like one of you is gonna suffer from it. From yeah. it you know, not everyone can sound like Drake and no one bats an eyelid at it. But mm. back then, no, it's a bit trickier. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually saw she was in my girlfriend was watching a TV series Glow. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's not like I, I, I was sitting, like I know this girl from something, but yeah, eventually. Uh, it's gas. A lot of people didn't cop it was her. Yeah. Um, we, we saw her live at um, Independence like yeah. two years ago. Yeah, two, three years ago. What's classic? She's getting this like kind of second wind in her career. Yeah. Uh, doing like she dropped an album there, I think a year or two ago that I, I absolutely love. Like definitely comparable to her first. And she's picked up all this new audience from different acting and stuff like that. So it's so cool to be like at any stage you can kind of re pop off again, which is uh, mm. amazing. Yeah. No, uh, she's re- really, really good. Um, So. Was this your first event? Obviously, you'd done that competition, but was had you released um, individually like much music before that, or was this your first venture? A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hadn't released much. I had recorded some like a miniature kind of tape, um, just for fun on on and put up on SoundCloud. You had actually done a lot more in terms of releases. Um, yeah, because I used to be like a scene kid hanging around the bank, and what's so funny about that is that. If you look back at it now, all those people who hung around there, like if you're talking about your like Jesse Rose and he knocked from Hair Square, you're talking about your Jafaris, you're talking mm-hmm. about all these different people who are kind of like big in Irish music now. This used to be little emos in town together, like kind of bounced off ideas and having nagins at the bank. So <laughs> and I've been messing around with stuff for a while now. You know, I wasn't good though. I, I was I truly was garbage. Um but I think that's it's real fun because me and Matt always talk about that, where it was a process of just kind of do music more and get a better understanding for it. Like, I think I've met people who have been talented out the gate. Like, if you're talking about, let's say, Enoch from Hair Squad, he was, since we were freaking 16, he was class. Like, oh, he was just, yeah. just superbly talented, you know? But, um, yeah, so I've messed around for a while. I don't think a lot of the stuff was good, but definitely I've been dropping stuff and kind of, you know, fucking about. It's interesting. I would say that, not, I'm not saying I'm good, but um, I got a lot better. I didn't have that instant some people just pick up music and it's just so immediate for them you know like mm. um like i couldn't even sing in tune for, for a long time i even the, the concept Damn. yeah and it's like yeah. it just i don't know i hit like 18 and things just started to click but you, you meet a lot of people are just straight out the blocks and there's something to be said for that learning on the job you know when yeah um, picking things up yeah I mean, I think it forces you to be, you know, uh, creative. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't do, if you can't just do, like, flashy runs and, like, hit these mad high notes and these falsetto Mariah Carey things, you're talking about them being like, okay, can I make my writing funnier or more interesting, more captivating if to make up for the lack of talent, you know? So I think for me, why I stopped trying to rap fast was the minute my rapping got good. I just just couldn't rap fast. I I have a speech impediment and everything, but... I forced it for years, and then at one point I was like, I'm just going to slow down. Like, mm. I'm going to slow all the way down, and then got way better. Yeah, you find your thing in that, in in the in almost the limitations, you kind of find where something that's um, uniquely you. 
Yeah, yeah, find your pocket. Yeah. It can teach creativity. Like I think there's this there's this kind of mentality of Irish musicians kind of begrudging people who go to BIM, and um, which is funny, but also like I think there's a truth in it there where like you can't go to BIM. You can go to BIM and like become a great guitarist, but it won't teach you creativity. It won't teach you like mm -hmm. that that kind of thing that I, it can't really be taught just like that, you know. So I think there are a lot of talented people who make really boring music. Way more talented than me. I would never <laughs> dare more talented than them, but I don't want to listen to this shit ever, personally. True. Uh, yeah. uh, so for the two of you, where do you see, not necessarily your weaknesses and strengths, but like who who does what, you know, in terms of the writing process? Is it like, do you just both come together, write together? Is one of you more involved in the production side or is it just kind of completely 50-50? So funny enough, neither of us are really um, on the production side initially. Like we would work with producers to to build around what we've what we've written to other things we kind of shaped up over notes. I mean, we write in total silos. So because we've never really lived together, it's always been sending voice notes and sending lyrics over over Facebook Messenger pretty much. And we've never actually really sat down to write a song together. So it's always been one over, one back. Um, and we always write all of our own stuff to like for, for ourselves really. So. Um, which is nice because it offers a really, really nice contract. So we both have different musical backgrounds and tastes and ideas. So when we come up with a concept for a song, it often happens where one of us will take the other side of the coin when we come to that topic. And it offers a very, very different perspective in the middle of the song, um, which shines through and kind of, I think that's a good little juxtaposition for us to have. And it's quite, it's quite unique to us, which, um, which makes it a little bit better. Uh, and then for production, then we just, we work with so many producers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we, we work with a lot of different people and shake a lot of different trees for different sounds. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's really interesting. The, um, the contrast of ideas and, um, how, like how the other interprets them in their own way too. That's like, I'm sure that's interesting to see that play out. Um, yeah, it's it's a really exciting thing for um because it's, it's especially if say if you're writing by yourself you're probably hitting off a lot of writers but but when someone comes up with an idea and says hey let's do a song about this and what are your thoughts on this um immediately then you're like it feels like you're working on with someone else on a different idea and it, it just kind of totally sidesteps writer's block yeah. um which has been super helpful thus far yeah it's nice because I guess um even me you know I find that being a being a solo artist in comparison to the band, like, I'm so much more susceptible to writer's block and even doubt and like anxiety around things, you know, and like, it's just yeah. it's lovely to have that other person with you. Yeah, the doubt's a big thing because, I mean, if you make a good song together, it's great you made a great song with your friend. If it's bad, I mean, you've both, you both failed, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fine. Shared responsibility. Yeah. Um, so what, what was the first track you ever put out? Empty? Empty. We did the song uh, ages ago now, I think. Back in the college days, it was a song called Empty. It was about having casual sex and feeling kind of shitty after. Mm. It was like a very simple kind of guitar thing and we had some yeah. like production around it. But um, yeah, I think that song still kind of holds up in fairness. I, I think still it's, do, yeah. It's very quintessentially us. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's just funny like listening back and watching those right music to me playing the guitar, which is just something we don't really do anymore. Okay. Um, it's weird to have that guitar as, as the backing track for that song. I think we'll do more of that as we kind of move forward with new stuff is kind of taking elements of that and putting back into the music but um yeah man, we're, we're just like we're just like we, we do it based off um projects not even so much like because people say like what sound is it and all that kind of stuff and in all our years of making music we just realize that we just make what fits the form of the story we're trying to tell that's the most important thing like if you had to if we had to make a techno song for a record 
that's what we would just do. We just figure out how do we do this? And then that would be the album if it had to be, you know, like we're not too, I think, pressed about sound, but which is mm-hmm. funny because I think people are about, like, all about like fun, your sound and stuff. And we just kind of decided that we don't have one. We yeah. just do what we feel like when we feel like it. We've got like a flavor, but that's about it. Yeah. I get, I get like that too. I, you know, there's uh, something to be said for trying to find like a consistent thing and like a collection of work. But me, I think I kind of um, would lend your thinking on that. It's whatever best uh, elevates the song, you mm. know, the instrumentation for that. Um, I, yeah. I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, so you released the first album, uh, 2019. Mm. And... Like it was, it's kind of fairly early on because you, you kind of formed by 2017. So yeah. you was like, you kind of almost went yeah, straight, like yeah. almost straight in, into that. Um, was that album a collection of thoughts and ideas or was there like a particular theme? Oh yeah, we really wanted to, um, I guess, because um, I'm a big, I'm a big kind of Greek myth nerd, you know, I did like a year of classics in college and everything. And I think it was so funny because we were talking in class and talking in a lecture. I was like, um, what's the closest thing to God in like, you know, the 21st century? Like what's the closest you can be to God? And I think we kind of found that being famous is the closest thing you get to like a deity level in, in like the modern age. You know, I think the best example I always use is um, Kylie Jenner was like, I think a couple million, a couple hundred million away from being a billionaire, right? So her fans started sending her money. People poured in her started sending her money to reach the goal of being a billionaire. And I thought that's fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> I think everything about making music and having any modicum of success is fucking insane. Like the way that you're treated and then the way you start to view yourself. So that's that's what, what it was all about. It's a bit um, cynical to make an album about being famous and then like the downfall of that, us being very much not fucking famous. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, um, That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to kind of um, maybe, I don't know, like fight off a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy in that sense. Because a lot of famous people start off like really sound and really lit and really down to earth and then they're kind of cunts by the end of it you know what i'm saying and mm. not everyone but it's it's a terrible art that a lot of people even to some degree of level go into this dickhead territory so mm. we want to explore that and the kind of things that fame and music do to you but you can even test it out making music as well where like you definitely be in a situation where someone who's way too attractive to be talking to you is giving you attention or <laughs> like something there's something where you're like unfortunately not <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't believe it. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> for a second, second. <laughs> but um, yeah, is this what I think we wanted to say is I guess fame is an ultimately unhealthy thing, mm. which is what the album was about. Uh, I like I definitely that resonates. That resonates, and not with me for being famous, but the uh, <laughs> like you you can even you can pinpoint times where people uh, give you compliments and like, say really nice things about you, and and. I really try to like anybody who would who would take the time to tell me that they enjoy my music because that you know I always try to have that feel like it's the first time I've ever heard it because it's it's quite brave for somebody I think to come up and let you know what their yeah. your music means to them so I would never want to be the person that would not say thank you or ignore a message or, you know. Imagine, like, because you think about yourself, if you were to approach an artist you really cared about and told them how much you cared about their music, if they pawned that off, that's your relationship with that artist kind of cut short entirely. I've I've, I've had people air messages like that. I've said, like, big paragraphs when I was younger, like, hey, this is really great. And they're, like, Irish artists, you know, so they're not, like, Ah. super celebrities. Aired that message, but... um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, but but I, I also kind of feel for that because in the same way, like you know, when you release a song and you release it on the first day, and then like ten people message you, twenty people message you, and you're like, oh, thank you, and you're like, I'm having these interactions. By the tail end of the day, when it's like maybe fifty or sixty, you're like, it almost you feel these reactions being almost like not less genuine, but like less. You said it a couple of times. Yeah, it's yeah. like I'm just saying thank you for the fiftieth time. You feel it less, which I think is just really. I think like bad thing, you know. I wish you could like kind of keep that feeling, and have yeah, it be consistent. But absolutely, fatigue from it, and the bigger you get, I'm guessing, you know, the more of that fatigue. You You'll know? eventually have to step away from the DMs at some stage, I suppose. When you're, <laughs> that, that'll be the day. But uh, yeah, that'll be the day for now. I will go through each and every one of those. Yeah. <laughs> we try, anyways, man. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 wild. Like it's like almost as if if someone tells you something constantly, you start to take it for granted. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like, yeah. So true. I think that it's that you can see even when you're not famous, you can see those like follies of fame. Where where do um where do my legs go? So just put them up. Hold hold them like in the air. No. <laughs> On the chair. Ah. Oh. Okay. Recline. Sit back. <clears throat> so, Peter. Just to start off, I have an extensive background. Um, I studied psychology for a year at Queen's University, Belfast. And um, how, how expensive? How, how expensive are these sessions? These sessions are completely free for you. Now, how expensive was your background? My background, it, I think it was like £9,000 a year. But um, I'm expensive. still paying that in student loans. So take me back to your childhood, Ask Peter. for a bloody refund, probably. Take me. I'm qualified to do this. Yeah, qualified more like. <laughs> okay, I want you to help yourself, so I can, and I I want to help, help you. Me to help you. No, I want help you. Help me. I to, want. Yeah. I want you to help yourself. I want you to, Connor. Okay, but to help yourself, I must help you, and by helping you, okay. I will help Deb, Dead Rabbit better understand you. So what you're saying is you want my help? No. You need <laughs> my help. No. No, it's not what I'm saying. How, how did you feel like the album changed things for you? I think, because I think it's so funny because you have that kind of conversation. Like we were talking with labels and talking about all sorts of time about, you know, people buying the album and releasing it with people. And a lot of people are just like, especially labels, they're like, look, an album costs a lot of money. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort to do. And let's do more EPs, do more singles, pop yeah. off more, and then do an album. But it's really funny because when we released it, I think even in Ireland, where you're Irish artist, especially rapper who releases a body of work, there's not even, you know, not the double digits of Irish rappers who have done that in the in recent years, you know? Yeah, very few. I think it really gets people to stop and pay attention because you're not saying this is a single. It's it's one thing to make a hot track, you know? It's one thing to make like a, a fun or good EP, but to create this whole world, it's like really spend time making this body of work, like even I think Nilo, when he was talking about his album said it was like, what, like a hundred songs? He cut down. He yeah. whittled down to like eight or 10. It's making those decisions, it's doing the sequencing that I think we got so much mileage from that album. Mm. Um, we got more mileage from that, that one album than every song and single we released Algamated together, you know? Like we really had like articles and people paying attention and kind of seeing it as a statement. More so a single is just supposed to be a good song, a good record. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a, I think it's a massive game changer, you know. I think 
it's expensive and it's time consuming. But <laughs> yeah. if if you have something you want to do, I, I always say, man, pursue that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I think in the era, uh, in an era where it's so difficult to make an album, I think that's why it resonates so much to music, like real music lovers as well. You know, I I. I'm as well, maybe rightly or wrongly, I'm more inclined to listen to an artist that has an album than a one-off single. Um, yeah. Uh, even though I haven't <laughs> done an album myself, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's because I understand. As you said, it's like it's high risk. You're kind of presented yeah. it's high risk, low reward to do an album, but actually, it the reward is doing it. You know, and and, and if nothing else, you know. And I think it's so funny because people always talk about how music today is so much of it. It's kind of like a drop in the pan, you know, like it's a new thing the next day. But if you create an album, you create like a world. People go back and revisit that. Or even like I remember to this day, I still get memes sent uh, about the album we made and about like specific like references to all the Greek stuff and all the God shit. Mm. Or like I think if you get like a motif, like I think this Go Back to Needles one, that's the most recent one. It's like he built a world where like that's going to last longer than a couple of good singles because he really yeah. kind of put the effort into making it this thing that's out exists outside of music purely, you know? So yeah. um I think that I think albums also have staying power if you go through effort, not just making a collection of like very good songs, but doing something a bit more with it. Mm. Yeah. And then last year, somehow you managed to release an EP as well. An EP together, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um brackets <laughs> love really, really that's not I've I've listened to um, a lot of your music, but that's one I've really dived into. Just I guess because it's the most recent, um, but really really in- enjoyed it. H- how was that different to recording the album apart? Obviously, apart from taking less time, I'm sure. It was nearly like a a break from the seriousness that we had done in the album because the album was a very very um, honed in look at at a story and a, and an arc, and I had a very it was very important was to keep a consistent theme throughout, whether it was sonically or in the storyline. Um, whereas then we were like, okay, let's have some fun and let's just have do like a little bit of nonsense, like write some good music, but this EP brackets doesn't necessarily have to tell a story, have to be anything. And that's nearly the story in itself of brackets is that each song has its own story, but they don't necessarily come together to do anything crazy. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a project about nothing. Uh, idea from the start mm. initially the name of the ep was a uh, bracket nigga brackets um for no fucking reason but we're like <laughs> matt can't say the name of his project if you do that so we just <laughs> uh, yeah because we were gonna we were gonna write some of the titles of the song as like i got my hole was gonna have the w in brackets and hole and that. then you thought was gonna have like a U G H in brackets as well for you thought um but then we were like now we're not spoon feeding anybody fuck that shit yeah, we'll just call it brackets <laughs> <laughs> We just did whatever. And it was, um, yeah, I think it was just so nice because the most annoying thing, especially if you're making a project is if you write an f- amazing song, perhaps the best song um, on the project, but if it doesn't fit in with the theme or the idea of the album, you have to table it. Like that's mm, what it yeah. is. You kind of have whatever you want on it, you know? So it was good to just be like, let's just write some shit about whatever and test out some new sounds and see what we want to do when we go to the next project and like where we can evolve from there. But mm. we were just chilling. It was like, it was fun. Low stakes, who cares? Let's do whatever, you yeah. know? Yeah, it it is great, and yeah, it, it all is. It is quite diverse. Each of the, I love the uh, ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, like the chorus. It's like so. It's it's class. It's a cool melody, and it's just yeah. It's but it's just so different. I really really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, so like you've been obviously. I don't want to dwell too much on twenty twenty and like you know how difficult how difficult it was. I'm sure it was difficult for for all artists, but. 
I noticed that you had done Eurosonic. Sorry, so, sorry. First of all, you, you're supposed to schedule to play South by Southwest last year. Yes. And then Eurosonic you did online. Like, can you just let us like tell us about that and like how how it all I guess felt and what was it like doing the online? Um, the online stuff is it's weird. You're nearly watching it develop a lot as well. Like when I think our first online gig was. I think I might have done it on my phone and then it, it like it was like an IG live and I cut it then. Then you went live from your phone oh, and yeah. killed there. Then we did another one was on our phone and that was for Hot Press. And now we're actually renting out and putting a lot of funding into big studios, big sound equipment, um, actually making it more of an event to watch and trying to make it more, just basically more viewable because even myself, I don't like watching these live performances. If I was watching a live performance of someone, I'd rather watch them perform live with the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's tough to make it an interesting environment and actually make something dynamic and interesting. Um, so that was a big thing for us, just trying to get that locked down. And it's just the fate. Of, it's just kind of the fact of the reality at the moment is that we have to keep doing this. It doesn't really compare at all to having a crowd there with you. You don't know how well the set's going. You don't know. There's no energy in the room bar who you're standing there with and a couple of microphones and a couple of cameras in your face. So it's a little bit odd, um, but it's. I think it's a means to an end. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're the South by Southwest this year. You're doing that. Is it? You're talking about the studio. Have you got an idea for what your performance is going to be for that? Mm. So I think music from Ireland are really cool in terms of like for that they booked out the Grand Social, so we're all just filming it there. With people playing South by. Mm. That's actually being filmed um, this week. This week coming. Okay. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, look, I think it's just a thing that it's we're super grateful to still be doing shows and mm. to be invited to these places. I mean, obviously. It's a bit shite doing them in Ireland. I should be in Texas, but yeah, I do, I suppose. But yeah, look, I think everyone, and the thing about South by Southwest last year, which was quite funny, was we it got cancelled for us a week before we were supposed to fly out. So we were very distraught, very, very, very fucking distraught. But the thing is, then everything got shut down. So I think picture, yeah. so many industries are suffering together. It feels less like of a, a personal thing, you know, because I guess we're all just kind of screwed. And mind you now, for some reason, I think sports guy matches went on for ages they did yeah, yeah yeah. i don't know how that happened and those guys were physically touching each other but i guess whatever that's cool i guess but um <laughs> besides, besides them i guess we've all been in, in it together so yeah, yeah it was only what was me for like a few minutes then we were like actually you know people are dying <laughs> so yeah no it's it's been a shitmer for everyone um yeah, like- uh w- so so that is, you know, it's ex- hopefully you, I'm sure you will. You'll get over there. You'll get to do because were you doing a US tour as well? Like, did you have a US tour yeah. scheduled? Yeah, we had a couple of shows scheduled, like yeah, okay. one in New York and like two in Texas around South by. So we had some stuff like set up, mm. and we recently signed to an agent, which is funny because we're fa- we're a family agency right now, and we did Eurosonic in all these places like oh, in like Switzerland. Excuse me, or Hamburg, or, Denmark, or all Paris, these or mad Denmark, places. They want to book us for gigs, but it's like, well, we can't because no gigs are allowed. But when they're allowed, we'll book you. But I'm like, I know what that means to me right now at home. You know, what I'm saying? yeah, it's cool. I, I I feel absolutely honored. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a bit of a bummer scene. I'll be excited when I see it. Yeah. You know, people saying we would do this for you right now if we were allowed to, and it's like, damn, I wish you were allowed to. Mm. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to get excited about. It's at, at the minute, I feel like it's hard to get excited about the future because it's just so unknown you know you just yeah. you, you just you're still kind of this thing it's not going to happen in the back of your head but i'm sure it will and you'll you'll get over there another exciting thing you've been asked to do is work with dubliner whiskey um 
yes. could you chat about that Tis? yeah so dubliner are um kind of kind of doing some cool stuff in terms of where they want to go with, with the brand with dubliner right now and um kind of we spitballed some ideas together on what could be a cool thing to do and we actually thought about maybe like reimagining a reimagining a dubliner song um and it was funny because I was like, oh, after every wedding I ever go to, I always sing the L triangle. Um, so we're thinking about like doing a little bit something with that and kind of playing on that theme and just kind of representing a little bit more of what Dublin's about now than what it used to be. Because uh, obviously the, the whole cultural landscape of Dublin is is literally changing week on week on week. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be a part of that is, is pretty cool. Just try and just describe that as best we can and then get drunk and drink some whiskey with it is, is fantastic. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Dublin whiskey doesn't compare to dead rabbit whiskey. No. <laughs> 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 scrap. <laughs> yeah, we uh, didn't tell you to say that either. That's that's all genuine. <laughs> I've only tasted dead rabbits. So I have no point of reference, but dead rabbit was nice. So you know, I'm not complaining. Yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. Um, so thanks for saying that. Um, uh, <laughs> so before we go, what's the what's the plan? Um, for the next few months are you, are you thinking about more music or are you going to just take take time to write a bit more i guess it's more music i think music. people keep on waiting to be like okay i'm going to wait until this kind of calms down a bit then drops and then it keeps on not calming down a bit so mm-hmm. um yeah look i think we have a single coming out in feb um and we're going to start looking towards um the future and new projects and see where we can take it so just Keep it trucking. Keep it trucking and hope that it pans out and kind of put an effort behind this new project and, mm. you know, give it the energy uh, that it deserves. Yeah. Okay. Lads, it's been lovely talking to you. Um, really enjoy the music. Um, I'm glad to have you on. Hopefully, we'll do it again sometime. It's good chatting, man. Listen. I'll have a drink sometime. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I, you bring the Dubliner, I bring the Dead Rabbits. I'm good. That was fair. <laughs> Runner up, I've been running from my demons Help me up, I suppose if you see him I said I'm sorry way too many times You know I'm sorry, but I gotta try All these sorries, they don't mean shit Man, I'm sorry that my ain't shit Sitting in my misery Forgiveness ain't the thing that you're giving me Accountability don't count me out I'll be a man before they put me in the ground Sound, it's gonna be okay What's your earliest memory? Earliest memory is probably uh, the other day uh, when I got home from uh, shopping and I unpacked the shopping. That's probably the earliest memory. Do you remember anything from before that? What about your childhood? What was it like growing up in Kimbleberry? Kimbleberry is a very strange place, place because... Uh, there's only one person who lives there, and his name is Peter Clark, the heater, and that's me. And so it's a little bit lonely, I must admit. I was hoping uh, that the fame from the podcast will get me a girlfriend, but uh, there's no girls or boys or anybody. What would you look for in a potential partner? Uh, probably uh, like a nice set of hands <laughs> and uh, just like a nice personality probably like a like a supermodel or something <laughs> like that is that funny is that so, funny to you no so nice hands and a supermodel and, and don't forget about a nice personality a yeah, nice personality um well probably getting to the end of our session now <laughs> yeah
We cut cut to the shot. Liquid chords. Well, I think we're gonna have to talk do another about one. <laughs> the music in your life. I think we're gonna need to do another one of these because you've told me absolutely nothing that I can use and feedback to Dead Rabbit.